Welcome, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, to Redskins Addicts podcast number three. I'm your host, Rod. I got Sean, Ellie, and Steve on the line. What up? And, uh, hopefully, we can give you guys another good episode. I appreciate those who have been following, liking the post uh, when we put it up. Uh, just share it. That's all we ask. So, gentlemen, we've been talking in the admin chat and got some decent topics, good topics to talk about today. And the first one that jumped up, I think it was suggested by L.E., uh, who was going to have a better year, uh, Jamison Crowder or Steven Sims? Uh, interesting uh, juxtaposition with those two players. So I went and pulled the stats for those who may or may not know Crowder. He was drafted by the Skins in 2015. His best season was in 2016. He had 67 receptions, 847 yards, seven touchdowns, and nine starts. Uh, in 16 appearances, so he did at least appear in all the games. Overall, with the, with the Redskins, he had four years, 56 games, appearances, 28 starts, 11.9 yards per reception, 2,600 yards receiving, and 14 touchdowns. Uh, Steven Sims drafted last year, 16 games, only two starts for him, 9.1 yards per reception, 310 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. So just look at those numbers on the surface, you probably might say, at least I'm leaning towards, I think Crowder uh, may have a better year. Uh, but that's not really knowing exactly how um, the offense is going to be run this year in D.C. So I did at least jump down to the Panthers' website, looked at their stats from last year. Their leading receiver was wide receiver D.J. Moore. He had 1,175 yards. And then it was followed by running back Christian McCaffrey with 1,005 yards. And the third leading receiver was wide receiver Curtis Samuel with 627 yards. So we know Jay Gruden, when he was in D.C., he ran more so of an inside-out offense. Looking at the numbers in, for Carolina, and we know that obviously we have um, uh, Scott Turner as our offensive coordinator, and he ended up calling some plays for them last year towards the end of their season. I'm not sure if he runs outside in, if he runs outside check down in. Um, but I'm going to lead towards Jamison Crowder right now having a better year. I just think that they're a little bit more established. He didn't have a bad season with the Jets last year. It was only his second, probably his second best season. So uh, he had 833 yards receiving last year, and there was an uptick from his previous two seasons in D.C. where he finished with 789 and 388 respectively. So Right now, I'm going to say I think Jamison Crowder will have a better year than Stephen Sims, but I hope I'm wrong with that. Gentlemen? Um, I think that Jamison Crowder will have better, more yards and more catches. I do think that – I think it's a better uh, receiver at this point because he has proven it over the last few years. But I think that, um, that Sims is going to have more touchdowns. I think he'll have a couple of kick return opportunities. Uh, maybe even punt return opportunities. I think he'll catch. He's proven in goal line. He probably was our most consistent goal line receiver, even at like one foot two or whatever short that little dude is, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, he's made some catches for us. I, 
I don't I think they have more touchdowns because you can get him the ball at a lot of different ways than you can get Jameson Crowder the ball. But I think Crowder will have more yards. Okay, I can take that. What you got, Steve? Uh so yes, first off, I'm gonna start with Jamison Crowder. <clears throat> and and here's why I did, you know, in my research, I, I looked at the Jets team, kind of compared it to our team. Um so check this out. When you look at the Jets team, this is Sam Darnold's what third year. Jamison Crowder is his security blanket. He's like how Jordan Reed was for all of our quarterbacks <clears throat> over the last couple of years. Um, so checkdowns, safety valve, it's Jamison Crowder. You look at his stats from last year alone. Like you said, it wasn't his best season, but he missed his best season just by 14 yards. He had 833 yards with the Jets. He had 847 for us in 2016. Um, six touchdowns last year, seven touchdowns in 2016, 122 receptions last year, 99 in 2016 with us. So he is Sam Darnold's check, uh, check down, Sam Darnold's safety valve. And when you look at the roster on the Jets, just look at their receivers. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spit these names off and you, you, guys, you guys listen. Braxton Berrios, no idea. Lawrence Cager, George Campbell, Jihu Chason. I know he's pretty good. Um, Jamison Crowder, Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson is now on the Jets, in case you guys didn't know. Um, Josh Malone, right? right. <laughs> Fade. Um, Rashad Perryman, who I think has potential from, you know, came from Baltimore, but he just never has a pan out yet. Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, no names, right? It's Jamison Crowder. And if you look at their tight ends, they have Ryan Griffin, who they who they uh, picked up from, um, I think, the, the Texans. He's, he's a decent tight end. Is um, Anderson still on the team, the receiver? Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson left in oh. free agency. Correct, oh. he left. Um, so that being said, uh, I think that – and plus the, the Jets did a really good job in the draft and, and the free agency building their offensive line. Their first pick was an offensive tackle. Um, they also picked up a center and a guard in free agency. So they're really investing in their offense. I think it's going to be Jameson Crowder. Um, I don't think – that we have enough identity on offense yet to know that Steven Sims is going to be like the version of uh, Jameson Crowder as to Sam Darnold. We, we just don't know. I mean, the air Coryell historically is a pass happy offense. Um, North Turner wasn't really pa- that pass happy. Scott Turner. I don't know if he was either. It seemed to have a lot of run balance too. So, um, you know, that being said, I think it's going to be uh, Jameson Crowder. What, what say you, Ellie? So, I think um, I think Jameson Crowder is going to have the better year statistically. I think Steven Sims is going to have the better year from an impact perspective. There's no doubt that Jameson Crowder is going to have so much more opportunities to produce in that offense, just because who else plays skill positions for the Jets? And they're going to be terrible. I think you know in that division, most of us assume that, so they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Whereas I feel like with the Redskins, we're going to be uh, in some competitive games. And what that means is a lot of uh, the balls going to the backs, especially, you know, some of the kids that we just drafted recently. We have a star receiver in McLaurin. Um, so I think to uh, to Sean's point, Sim's going to have more touchdowns. I think he's just going to have a more uh, definite impact on the game and on the season than Crowder. But Crowder's going to rack up some stats. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Crowder. So, you know, Crowder had like 70 of his 107 targets for 758 yards and six touchdowns with Sam Donald through 13 games. The first four games, he only had eight catches for 15 
yards on 75 or 15 targets for 75 yards and no scores. So that should tell you right now he's already Sam Donald's favorite target. He caught yep. 70 balls in 13 games. Yeah. They were only it was only for or 758 yards, but you know if let's say for example if, if Sims catches 70 catches for 758, he's done more than his job because I think that you know um, your boy from Ohio State uh, McLaurin is going to catch more catches than that, and there's a chance that whoever plays the number two receiver, you know maybe a pothead, you know you know who's going to play receiver for us, but um, yeah, could be could be Gordon. You know, could be T.O. Come on, retirement, T.O. Let's do it. Nah, <laughs> and if uh, if Darnold goes down, you know their backup is Joe Flacco. So if Joe Flacco is on the field, I think we can, we can say uh, Steven Sims is going to win them. <laughs> oh, man. The knock on Joe Flacco. All right. All right. So next next topic we want to touch down on, uh, who benefits most from the coaching change? Uh, Ellie, I'll kick it to you to, to uh, start this topic off. Oh, man, I appreciate you. I'm going to go Adrian Peterson. Because if Jay Gruden's still here, I don't know that AP is on the roster this year. You saw what Jay Gruden tried to do to AP last year uh, when he was here. I think he has a coach that believes in him, that believes in old school football, that knows what putting games away is all about, clock management, things like that. I think AP is going to have a surprisingly impactful year this year. Um, I project him to do well over 1,000 yards. Uh, you heard it here first, but I think AP is really going to benefit from Rivera, an old defensive guy being in town, wanting to protect the lead when we get them. So I got AP. I don't think he gets enough carries to get a thousand yards. What's up, Sean? You oh, got to speak we... up, brother. Uh, I, I don't think AP gets enough carries to get a thousand yards. I don't think that makes him less effective if he doesn't, but I I don't think he gets a thousand. I think he might get five, six if Dice is healthy. If Love is healthy, if McKenzie is healthy, if the new guy we got is healthy, um, I don't, I don't know if he gets a thousand yards. He's going to need two hundred and fifty carries. Do you think we have a thousand yard back this season? I think we got a thousand yards combined back okay. this season. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. So Ellie, you you said offense. Um, I'd ask what, who do you think benefits the most from the coaching change on defense? Uh, I think. <laughs> Deron Payne, I because I think Jack Del Rio is a guy that recognizes top end talent and what to do with him. I think Deron Payne kind of got you know set back a little bit by those those high school schemes that the Redskins coordinators are running. I think he can be a star on the defensive line. I really do, and I, I know we said this before, but I think he's the most talented defensive lineman that we have. Um, and, I, and so I think you know when he's in a defense that respects his talent and what he can do. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. So I'd say Deron Payne. Yeah, I agree, man. I got goosebumps just hearing you say that. It, one thing I like about uh, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, I, I think for me, I think the benefit from the coaching change, I'm not going to give out any specific single player. I just think it's the defensive side of the ball. Um, if if you follow Jack Del Rio on Twitter, I, I think that he's – He's very professional, obviously, but his whole thing about looking forward, he doesn't want to look in the past. And I think that's going to play huge for the playing, the players that we do have on the roster um, where he's not necessarily going to dwell on the schemes that probably didn't work to their strengths um, the past couple of years under Minuski. So 
the weak the weak cop out. I'm just going to say, hey, the entire defensive side of the ball is going to benefit hugely from uh, the new coaching change. Now, to answer Steve's question, just to give a, a little bit of flavor on both sides of the ball, um, offensively, hmm. I think whichever running back has the best set of hands will benefit most from the coaching change. Cause I'm, I'm just purely looking at what they did in Carolina with McCaffrey. And I understand that McCaffrey is a special talent. Um, 2000 plus all purpose yards last year. Like to do this uh, fucking Swiss army knife. He's awesome. I don't know if we have anyone of, of that caliber back on our roster that can do everything he does. And that's not a knock against anyone on our roster, but um, hmm. yeah, I guess whoever could replicate McCaffrey the most, Maybe it's Gibson, the Rook. I mean, we'll we'll see. Okay, so it. I I think I think that you know, if all his job is to do is pass rush, he's pretty dangerous. Yeah, he, he he turned it on at the end of the year. He had what seven sacks and uh fifty tackles as a rookie. I mean, not comparing him to Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had four sacks his rookie year. You know, and 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 they were saying he was God Smile G even after those four or five sacks he got, you know, but, and they were right, by the way. But I think that Montez playing defensive end full-time, I think you're going to see him turn up. And not to mention, he's going to be fresh because he's going to alternate perhaps with Kerrigan, perhaps with some Anderson in there, and you're also going to have Chase Young on the other side. So a fresh-legged uh, Montez Sweat, I think it's going to benefit the most on, on defense. God, I love it. I love it, guys. Is anybody um, surprised that we didn't? Nobody said Dwayne Haskins, even so though that's, where, that's that's okay. what I was gonna say on offense. Yeah, that's um. No, Sean, go ahead, man. You can finish well, up. Montez, Montez, you're right. Well, Haskins, you're right. I, it just really depends if if there's an actual uh, preseason and a training camp, then I will go with Haskins because I think he'll get all the reps. But if he doesn't get any reps, he might be behind the the eight ball, so to say, when the season starts. Do you, do you think Ron Rivera loves Haskins more than Jay Gruden did? I think yeah. that's the ter- that's yes. ultimately the determining factor. I mean, granted, he showed up his first press conference like, hey, you know, you got to earn a job. Uh, Redskins fan base really didn't like that. I appreciate it personally. Um, a 3-13 and team, no one deserves to have a job handed to him. That's just my opinion. I mean, other than Tressway, and we love that dude. Uh, he kicks the ball pretty damn well, but I had no problem with Ron Rivera showing up and saying that. And, yeah, if, of course, the quarterback touches the ball every play other than the center. So, yeah, if, if, if they buy into him and he buys into their philosophy, yeah, obviously Dwayne's going to have a great year. So, so for me, I'll, I'll say from the offense, I, I was going to say Dwayne Haskins. You guys got, you got all the thunder in first because <laughs> it's really about the coaching change, right? He, he has a coach that I think is embracing him. He has a coach that's talking about him propping him up. Uh, yeah, it's kind of petty, but that's what you got to do as a coach to instill co- uh, confidence in your own quarterback. You know, Dwayne never had that Dwayne. Like, I don't think, you know, Jay had to win now. And then he realized that you know, Dwayne probably wasn't his best chance to win now. So I think Dwayne is the most to benefit on offense uh, from the coaching change, you know, pairing with Scott Turner and someone, you know, everyone who's invested to win, not, not lame duck staff, not Bill Callahan, um, not Jay Gruden calling plays. It, hopefully it'll be a very fluid 
um, play calling scheme. And I have heard that the differences in the two offenses are drastically different uh, between Scott Turner's offense and Jay Gruden's very, very complicated West Coast terminology offense. So, and on the defense, I got to go with Ali. I'm not saying Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen or Matt Ioannidis, depending on who are the two interior defensive tackles, but because of the scheme change from 3-4 to 4-3, you know, Alabama runs, they do run a base 3-4, 3-3-5. It, it varies, right, depending on who you ask. But in our system, those guys are defensive tackles. Excuse me. Their strengths are defensive tackles. You know, as in a 3-4, they were lining up over a nose sometimes. So they're in their place. They're going to be where they're the most effective, where they know how to play. You know, my honorable mention would be the defensive ends in the 4-3, Kerrigan, Sweat, Chase Young, whomever, not not dropping back into coverage, thankfully. But uh, for me on defense, it's definitely uh, the defensive tackles. Um, name your redskin, but that's who I'm going with. Can we can we stop giving Jerry Gruden a pass and saying that he had to win now? Last year, Jerry Gruden was trying to get fired. And, and that's on the record. I mean, he was trying to get fired and collect his paycheck. He was done in D.C. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to coach that team. He didn't want anything to do with Dwayne. He wanted to start Colt and just do whatever he wanted to do. He wasn't trying to win last year. I, I agree. I'm not going to deny that. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I th- isn't he getting paid next year too? Wasn't he on a – didn't he get extended and the coaches get a guaranteed deals? Yeah. I, I, guaranteed. I think – yeah, I think he's getting paid next year too, which is common in the coaching world. I mean, we paid um, uh, Shanahan after he left too. So, yeah, I, I right. I, okay, so maybe he wasn't win now. I think maybe the year prior he was win now. But last year, based on his actions, he just didn't give, you know, yeah. he didn't give, give, give two shits. So, right. Um, Shaquille Barrett and Chandler Jones, they all had less sex than – did Montez sweat the rookie year, man? Those guys were like one and two in the league in sacks this year. Just, just in case anybody's jumping off Montez sweat bandwagon. But I like uh, also I think Collins benefits. I think he's going to play more in the box. I think they they may even give him a little more responsibility. See, who, who are you talking about? Who did you say? Landon Collins. Collins. Yeah. Oh yeah, he yeah. was all over the place though, man. I think he was. He, he I think he'll be fine anywhere he goes. He had a good year. He makes me nervous because I think they gave him less help this year than he had last year. And that's what scares me is that he's going to be asked to do more than he was I last think, year. I think more in coverage right. specifically. When his strength is being down, you know, down in the box. But we have – what's our cornerback situation looking like? Fabian Moreau, Kendall Fuller, who else? Ronald Darby. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Abke <laughs> might show up this year, man. I can hear the consternation in Ellie's voice. Yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> see what Apke does. Somebody say Troy Apke? Uh, yeah, I hey, don't know, man. See what he does, man. Hey, well, special team, sure. He's, he's fast as hell, though. <laughs> White lightning, man. <laughs> was he Mr. Irrelevant? Yeah. Or no. was that? Uh, no. Was, no, no, no. Apke was a fourth round pick. He was a fourth round pick. Oh, Trey Quinn was uh, irrelevant. Quinn. Trey Quinn. Yeah. Man, how stereotypical are we? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next topic then. <laughs> All right. Uh, any chance that Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown get added to the roster? So, um, looking on Twitter today, Pro Football Focus you know, had a, an article that said, hey, Haskins is in danger of never being given a chance to succeed in Washington. And basically, the synopsis is outside of – uh, Terry McLaurin, he doesn't have much wide receiver help, which I think that we will agree to that. 
Uh, CBS Sports is linking Josh Gordon to us. He's asking for reinstatement. And then obviously AB was linked to us a couple of weeks ago, maybe just a week ago, due to working out with um, Dwayne Haskins. So how do you guys feel about either of those guys? Do, do you think it's a realistic scenario, unrealistic, a snowball's chance in hell that we're going to get Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown on our roster sometime this season? I hope we get him. I hope you said you Just for adding purposes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Screw it. No. I, uh, I hate Madden. Yeah. Go ahead. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it, man. I just So I think Gordon is – probably 29 pushing 30 um, hasn't had the best track record in the NFL, but it's always been related to marijuana consumption. And I think the new collective bargaining agreement for the NFL uh, players union said, Hey, smoking marijuana is a okay. If, if we can get that dude and let him light up after a game and relax, shit, I'll take him, man. I'll take honestly, dude. I'll take A B as well because, like, like you said, not only for Madden purposes or digital football purposes, just to have threats, man, like legitimate threats. So we know McLaurin is a is a monster. He had a, a monster rookie campaign. Um, he started to he did well with um, Case Keenum. He did well with Dwayne Haskins. I, I think that he's someone that that defensive coordinators will start game planning for next year. Um, we don't know how Antonio Goldie Gannon is Gibson, whatever. Um, who, who's going to be that, that next cusp of making a thousand yards uh, threat on the wide receiver core. So I'd have no problem with either of those two coming to uh, DC and jumping on the roster. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, personally, I wouldn't. Cause what do you, I mean, what do you do? You feel the best, you have to find the most talent and put them on your team. And and clearly those two are proven, especially Antonio Brown, you know, a year removed from being the best wide receiver in the NFL, minus all the personal offside stuff, uh, off the field stuff. But, you know, when, when Rivera was asked about this, I want to say two weeks ago when the video surfaced of Dwayne throwing the ball to um, Antonio Brown and, and, and um, Mohamed Sanu and all those guys working out together, uh, Ron Rivera was asked, how do you feel about Antonio Brown coming in? And, you know, I'm going to quote him. You know, if you bring a veteran in right now, you're going to stunt the growth of somebody young. Um, we've got some young guys at wide receiver that have shown potential over the last season and now into the offseason. We really haven't had a chance to watch them. So that quote right there tells me it's not going to happen. I think they like who's on their roster now, especially when you look at the salary cap. Those dudes are getting paid peanuts because they're all, you know, first and second year receivers. Um, so, no, me personally, I, I wouldn't mind. I would, I mean, it's really hard to balance between Gordon and AB. Um, you know, a, you're right. AB or Gordon is 29. I don't know how old AB is. I think 31. I think he's 31. Um, yeah. yeah, both tremendous. It's an easy choice. I picked the dude that ain't on drugs and a Hall of Famer. That's an easy choice. I'm picking A B Antonio every time, dude. I mean, yeah. I don't want either one, but I'll take them. You know, so, like I, I don't know. Like I really like I really like the to have the choice, but I think A B will be a better selection only because he's going to set out four to six games anyways. And by four to six games, you'll know if Harmon and the new guy we got are gonna be able to play at number two receiver. By the end, you'll know if they're good enough. So I got a, I got a couple questions for you guys. Number one, do you guys think 
that this team's going to the playoffs this year? No. Okay. Yeah. You do. Roll with me here. Number two, would you sign either of those guys to a long-term contract? No, I would not. Okay, so. If I could keep him straight. But you can't, and there's been no proof of that he can't, right? Like, and, I, and right. you know, we you talk about the weed test. That's all we know about. They didn't have to disclose that stuff before, too. Don't forget that, right? So, um, like, like their agents can tell you what they failed test for because you can't go back and prove it because the league doesn't make that official, right? They don't put that information out there. Um, and I, it's been rumored that he was on other stuff before, too. Like, make no mistake. So, catching footballs, and <laughs> right. real footballs. He ain't catching the leathery. <laughs> So, so with, if both of those answers are no, what's the point of bringing them in, right? Like just to have some fun for one year. There's Money. no, there's no. For, but who, ticket sale. Ticket sale. How much of that goes in your sales. pocket, though? How much of that goes in your pocket? No, None absolutely nothing. Yeah, for sure. Right. I'm just thinking, thinking from a business aspect, it makes sense to bring one of them in. Yeah, but that ain't what we're here for, right? Like, I mean, we're, I'm a fan. I don't care how much Dan Snyder makes, and you know. You think about this, right? Like, so Ron Rivera has got a clean slate. And from all accounts, he has Dan Snyder's full trust. What happens when AB starts imploding in the middle of the season, right? Dan's going to start getting a little gun shy with his trust. And there's, oh, look at this. My organization's becoming a joke again, right? So what's going to start happening? He's going to start pulling back that rope that he gave to Ron because Ron said, no, Dan, trust me, bring AB in, right? Josh Gordon gets suspended or does something crazy. And now, and now the whole organization looks stupid. And then we're going to end up right back where we were before Ron Rivera got here, where we got a lame duck coach who the organization doesn't trust. And now he's going to bring in his own GMs again. And we're going back to that cycle. Right. And in, in the business world, there's a term like the risk and reward have to make sense for you to do something. Right. True. Not to mention, we got a quarterback, a young quarterback who had to fight last year just to get the respect of his coach. Right. And he's, he's trying to be a leader. He's trying year. to be a leader. The media still doesn't respect him, especially local media. So what happens when A.B. goes ballistic on Dwayne Haskins after the game because he didn't get the ball, right? So what, what happens when Josh Gordon, you know, doesn't show up for the game and now Dwayne's got to be put in an awkward position to deal with him about it because he's trying to be the leader of the team and it doesn't go well, right? Think about the risk that you're introducing to your football team for the sake of, Fun, just fun for a year or money in the t- at the ticket office. Well, you might not even be able to go to the games. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The risk doesn't justify the re- justify the reward, right? The juice ain't worth the squeeze because That's you're not getting like, Yeah, AB would be a better choice at that point. That's what I'm saying because, I mean, if you had to choose, I get what you're saying, but if you had to choose because about five or six weeks, you'll know if they're a playoff contender or just a team prepping young guys for the future. You'll know by week five or six if which way if your team was a bad team or a or a good team. Last year A B didn't even make it to training camp. I mean out of right. training camp. And you you knew it was a bad idea. And they had a better organization than us. A quarterback that was more tenured. A coach that had won a Super Bowl. Right? He didn't even make it out of out of training camp there. Both stops. Yeah. You're saying A B's being a uh you know mentored and coached by a DR man. So but they all are when they don't have a job and they spend all their money up, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they get yeah, that yeah, check and then what happens? Call, Hearn, 
call Herm up or uh, what's his face. <laughs> so, but Ellie, but with, with that whole argument that you're saying, as far as it doesn't make sense to stunt the growth of the younger guys, and if the team is not a playoff team, you're the only one who said that we're going to be like ten and six or better. So, that, is that still your stance? That hell no, I don't want either of these guys. Knowing that at ten and six, that's probably going to win the NFC East, if not be a, I, a wild card winner. I don't care if we won forty two games in the season somehow. It doesn't make sense because you got to think about the playoffs this year, man. We can technically make it with seven out record. Yeah, I, I think we will, but you can't jeopardize the longevity of your team. We when's the last time we had a quarterback that you felt like this is going to be our guy for the last ten years or for the next ten, 10 years, years ago? Oh, 2012. Yeah. 2012. 2012. Right for like to the playoff game huh? for ten weeks. Yeah. Now we now we're back here again. We might have something here, right? Yeah. If he works out. I'm not jeopardizing that for anything because I would not want to go back to the last eight years for any reason if I can avoid it, right? Like I want my quarterback like to be one of those teams that says, we got to worry about some things. Quarterback ain't one of those things we got to worry about ever. Mm. I, I, I don't know what that feels like. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep our house clean, right? Let's protect our guys. Let's suffer through a couple losses this year. Um and, and let's get to it. Baseball has a stat called wins above replacement. How many more wins does uh, Gordon get you this year? How many more wins does AB get you this year over what you have right now? It, maybe one, if that. It's not going to change the season based off that win, right? Keep your future intact. You know I'm saying you got to invest smart. Let's stick to our young guys. I mean, and Rivera runs a tight ship, so it's not happening. I mean, this is all just fan talk. It ain't, it ain't happening. He he does not tolerate. He would not tolerate. You know, either of them misbehaving. See, I think I think that uh, the coach is the players' coach. I think he's more Joe Gibbs. You think, I think they got? Yeah, I I don't I can't recall any time him ever jumping on somebody or saying something about a player on the team or having to discipline anyone. I don't remember him ever having to do that. And, you know, Cam says crazy stuff, man. He pretty much is a baby. Like, he whines, he walks off podiums. He does all kinds of crazy stuff, man. And they'll never correct that stuff. But maybe there's something to that because you realize that that they put a – I think Carolina put a greatest Carolina football player's list ever out. He wasn't even on it. Clearly, Cam Newton was the best player they ever had. He wasn't even on the list. It was uh, Steve Smith Sr., Luke Keekley, and – Julius Peppers, and they did not. They did not put Cam Newton outside on that. By team, the way, outside team, Damn. Cam Newton is the best player they ever had. He's the MVP of the yeah. year. One MVP. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way. See what I'm saying? So obviously, maybe something was going on there, and he couldn't keep that ship tight. So everybody's talking about he's this big disciplinarian dude because he was in the military or something. That don't mean shit. You know, I mean, he might mm-hmm. just be a, a player that can communicate real well with players on a, a kind of a like eye to eye level, and they respect him so much they don't fuck up. That did could you be see, it, like like Joe Gibbs. Sean, did you see that Amazon series about the Carolina Panthers with Ron Rivera on it? If you haven't, I, I have go back it. and watch because he did. He actually was, from what I saw, a pretty big disciplinarian within that organization. Now that could have been just because the cameras were on, but he was getting into some guys when they were well, he was getting up. into rookies. Yeah, fair, fair. What's the name of that series? All or Nothing or something like that. Yeah, All or Nothing. Really good. I'll have to check it out. Just as good, if not better, than uh, the other one. And Hard Knocks. 
Yeah. I'm a fucking yeah. Prime member now again, and it's free. So I, hey, I love hey. it. <laughs> <laughs> Plug it in. I got an employee. I forgot an employee account there. I've worked there in like 10, 12 years, man. Oh, yeah. now I told everybody. <laughs> it's, it's like Hard Knocks without the intentional drama that Hard Knocks creates. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I like it better. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Definitely gonna check it out. All right, fellas. So with that said, we'll we'll jump into the last topic, hot off the press. Uh, sometime early this morning, June nineteenth, aka Juneteenth, twenty twenty, uh, the Washington D.C. local government went to RFK Stadium and pulled down uh, the statue of uh, George Preston Marshall, uh, the Redskins' original owner, outside RFK. And just a little bit of brief history with him. Uh, obviously owned the team, had him as the Boston Braves, uh, relocate down to D.C. I think that was his uh, childhood home, renamed them the Redskins. Um, while the rest of the league was integrating, he was the last owner uh, to actually integrate the team. So, you got a little bit of, of his – maybe it's due to the times or he was just a racist piece of shit prick, but his racist history it was a little bit of a stain, I guess maybe a big stain uh, on the franchise with them being the last to integrate. So anyways, um, we know that George Floyd unfortunately passed away. Uh, he's been the catalyst for a lot of uh, the protest and the movements, uh, not only across the United States but worldwide. Um, and I kind of – you know, the hashtag, the George Floyd effect. Um, and you hate to hashtag someone who, who died um, pretty, pretty unjustly uh, at the hands of the, the law who's supposed to serve and protect. But anyways, uh, Preston Marshall statue is, is pulled down from RFK. The segue to that is we know that the team wants to go back to D.C. Um, I think uh, Bowser is the, uh, the, the mayor down in D.C., uh, she's saying, hey, they're not going to come back unless they change the name. And I'm not sure if this is going to be another name change discussion or topic, but is this the ripple in the pond that gets us to not only having the skins move to D.C., but potentially the elephant in the room? Do we do we actually change the name? I open it up for discussion. And like Barsh said, he would he would sign an African-American player when the Harlem Globe tried to sign a white player. Yeah, that dude can like suck a dick, man. They can pull every statue down that motherfuckers ever got put under his name. Fuck them. You know, I mean, I I never have liked them. I mean, I still love the team, but Preston Marshall, fuck you. And that's keeping it real. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Elite. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I I can't lie. I didn't know who he was. I I had no <laughs> idea. Uh, I heard about the statues coming down, and I was like, man, they took down Wilbur Marshall's statue. And I said, no, that's not him. I don't know. <laughs> I had no clue who he was. Um, I don't think that skins are ever going back to D.C. Because I think you're either going to have to change the name or you're going to have to have the majority of, um, and not to bring politics into it, but conservative representation in D.C. And that is never going to happen. Um based on demographics in D.C. So I think it's it's not going to happen anyway. I think Maryland or Virginia is probably much more likely. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I don't know. It does, the statue came down good based on what I'm hearing about who the guy was. Um, but $1,500 I, uh, for the team and split it between three people, dog. 
I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that's what type of duty is. Hey, man, I'm going to buy a football team for $1,500. Who won't go in with me? You know what I'm saying? And then say, man, I'll, I'll put some black dudes on the team, win the globe chart, which, you know, the funny side of me says that's the awesomest comeback ever. But literally, people know that the Globetrotters Globe and the Generals, man, they were like actually one big team. They actually planned all their games out. It wasn't like a, it wasn't yeah. like a, a really win for the Globetrotters. They scheduled those games and mapped them out. It was like more like WWE basketball. You know what I'm saying? Right. But definitely, man, fuck that dude, man. I hope he's somewhere burning in hell with a gasoline draw zone. Him and Ronald Reagan. Fuck them both. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't really care personally I'm, I'm glad it's taken down it, it it's no big deal to me it's you know through looking at the stuff this past week about you know today when it came out and um you know socrates if you know the ancient uh philosopher he said you know the secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old but on building the new i mean and that's where we are today like you got to look to the future. You got to look to where we are, you know, right now on, on June 19th, on Juneteenth, happy June 19th, by the way, Juneteenth, everybody, but you got to look to the future. So yeah, take it down. Who cares? Like George Preston Marshall, he did all these great things. You can look at all these great things, but he's always going to have that, you know, kind of that, that racist mark on his, on his, uh, his character. Cause he was the last to integrate and, you know, we got the great Bobby Mitchell, you know, the first African-American player on the Redskins, right? Um, the first time he was on the field, you know what they played? They did not play Hail to the Redskins. They played I Wish I Was in Dixieland, that stupid-ass Dixie song. You know what I mean? So it, for all the good things he did for the NFL and for the Redskins, you know, it's 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 just a, it's a smear on him. So I could care less that that, that, that statue is gone. You know what I mean? It's yeah. – it, it, don't care about it at all. Man, Marshall refused to let the stadium announcers reveal like Pearl, Har- Pearl Harbor was bombed. He didn't, he wouldn't allow the stadium announcer to announce that because he feared the con- you like concessions would be diminished. That's what kind of shit that dude was on, man. He was from, what's that dude, that racist dude that didn't like black guys? Well, he liked black guys uh, on his basketball team. girlfriend fucking them. Yeah. You know, nobody, number one, nobody wants a girlfriend fucking a black guy. I'm black and I don't want my girlfriend fucking one, man. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't want to fucking no guy, especially a, a Puerto Rican guy. I'll never get her back then, you know what I'm saying? But he's just, <laughs> he's just stupid, man. I, that dude can eat, eat assholes, a bag of assholes, man. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he sold the team to Jack King Cook for $350,000. Glad he's gone. Good written. So, yeah, the keeping it real segment. I fucking love you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here biting my lip on my last one. Oh, I haven't even smoked today. <laughs> that's why I'm mad. <laughs> Fellas, I'm Black Lives Matter on my weed dealer. Fellas, I think, I think the pod is wrapped up, man. Uh, any closing comments, parting words from anyone? I can't follow Sean. I got nothing to say. Man. <laughs> that was the mic drop. All right. Well, season three, episode three. Not season three. God damn it. Episode three. Is a wrap. <laughs> Fuck Preston Marshall. Hail to the Redskins. Hail, Hail to the Redskins.